You are now listening to Tough Gages Podcast. Welcome back to Talk Your Jits Podcast. This podcast is, as the name implies, all about jiu-jitsu. I'm your host, Lamar Smith. And today's guest is a blue belt who trains and own lift train fight MMA located in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Ladies and gentlemen, Tommy C. Hey, hey, Lamar. Thanks for having me. So excited to get down and dirty with it and talk about, you know, jiu-jitsu, boxing, MMA. Whatever man, we're gonna talk. We're gonna, we're gonna talk about it all, man. Because yeah. this is an interview that's supposed to happen in the uh, first season, but yes, you know, we're not gonna talk about it. But <laughs> <laughs> we're here now. <laughs> but we're here now. But yeah, man. Yeah. Um, it's it's great to have you, brother. Um, mm-hmm. so if you want to go ahead and formally introduce yourself again, uh, by all yeah. means, and let's hear about your uh, jujitsu journey. Sure. Uh, my name is Tommy C. Uh, like you said, I'm a blue belt in the gi. Um. I have been since 2011 when I switched to Nogi. Um, and so I, uh, I've been doing MMA and jujitsu um, and boxing and uh, Muay Thai. I'm just, just training for MMA since about 2009 and then formally started training in the Gi. Did that for a couple of years um, up until about 2011. But uh, I uh, recently started my own fightwear company. Uh, I design clothing uh supplements accessories fight gear it's called live train fight uh ltfclothes.com and you know um i've trained at a lot of different gyms but uh, i kind of have my own way of training and uh, the reason i do that is by day my job my actual nine to five i'm a learning scientist so my background is instructional systems design and technology and i've designed training programs for k-12 schools coding boot camps the United States military uh, and Fortune 500 companies uh, all over the country. And so I uh, wanted to apply that methodology to training uh, fighters. And so that's that's kind of how my uh, my journey has unfolded. And a lift train fight got started because I was selling the clothes and the accessories. And people started messaging me saying, hey, I want to train with you. I want to um, I want to I want to work out with you. And lo and behold, there's a commercial gym. 12 miles from my house. I live out in the country. There's, there's really no other uh, MMA or jiu-jitsu around me. And they had, they have mats and, and heavy bags. And so, you know, God kind of put two and two together where I had access to the space, people who wanted to train in a background as a teacher. And so I just started going for it and uh, working with guys and we're, you know, we're, we're a few minutes, months into being our own gym. And so we're still kind of figuring out how affiliations and all that are going to work, but mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's going really well. We're making progress. I coached two guys who just fought in the Golden Gloves uh, boxing tournament with alongside my coach, my boxing coach, Cheyenne McKinney. And, uh, you know, we made it to the semifinals. And so I'm really, really loving this journey as a coach and uh, not really into it for the money or anything. It's just my passion. I'm a teacher and a trainer. And uh, I I absolutely love the sport. I love jujitsu. Very much a no-gi guy. Um, mm-hmm. Wrestler. I've uh, been wrestling for many years, too. Uh, as long as I've done anything else and I'm a licensed professional wrestler here in Oklahoma. So you're like, what kind of wrestling that is that what I think it is? Yes. WWE style going through tables, working a gimmick. Uh, you know, I do that. I do stunts for movies. Uh, wow. I just, yep. I just worked on uh, seven cemeteries with Danny Trejo. Uh, and I live out here uh, in Osage County where they're shooting killers of the flower moon reservation dogs and all these shows. 
Uh, I live here on the tribal land. Many of my friends are natives in, in those shows, and I'm in some of them too. Uh, you know, we just filmed Tulsa Kings out here. So who knows where I'm going to be popping up. All I'm going to say is you might be seeing my ugly face, uh, you know, sliding by in the background here and there. But it's been uh, it's been quite a journey. And uh, we are we are a different breed out here in Oklahoma, Lamar. <laughs> I'm going to try to have to I'm going to have to try to find you because I've watched uh, Reservation Dogs. Uh, I think like like half of the first season. <laughs> I'm not so, in the first season, okay. uh, I, but I'll just say uh, there was a casting call last week. And, uh, you know, oh, uh, may, okay. may have been there. And my, you know, my dear some of my very dear friends are are tribal members. And, you know, I I, li- I actually live on the tribal land. Um in Osage. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, they, they tend to draw from the local flora and fauna like myself who live out here as the inspiration <laughs> for these stories. Uh, and so while I have not, I haven't been in reservation dogs yet. Some of the things that have happened on the show. I'm like, I know where that came from and what street oh, gotcha. <laughs> and who, you know, we're all, all right. friends, you know, uh, we all know each other and it's mainly one production company. That's mm-hmm. producing all these called Thunderbird Productions. So, you know, uh, and there's not a lot of people in Oklahoma. So if you're an actor, actually, it's a great place to be. because You know, you have opportunities that you're not going to get in L.A. Um, you know, I'm in L.A. all the time for for other work. And it's just a different it's a much smaller. I don't mean to say that I'm mediocre, but I'm saying I'd be nothing anywhere else. But out here, you know, it's like, hey, I'm it, you know. So you're that you're that guy in Oklahoma. Huh? <laughs> yeah, me and me and all twelve other people out here. Uh, <laughs> they're like, where are we gonna find a big white boy stunt man who can look scary, you know? Uh, and and it's like it's me and six other, but we got some. Uh, we had real. There's a real good martial artist uh, that I did uh, seven cemeteries with, named Thomas Longacre. And uh, you know, and Thunder Kick, uh, Jiu Jitsu and MMA, he's a black belt and a Brandon Quick. Um, and so I train with him sometimes. You know, I kick it with all my friends and train all over the place with anyone I can. Um, live down the road from a UFC fighter named Jimmy Flick. He's a Jiu Jitsu black belt. And so there's a there's a lot of good guys out here, um, and it's a great place to train and uh, live and and just kind of you know go on your journey. So that's what I'm doing, man. Nice. Man, nice. <laughs> So man, so you being so busy, man. How do you find balance in you know wrestling and jujitsu, and now having your own you know fight camp in school, man? So well, <laughs> I had I used to have hair. <laughs> no, no, really though. the The reason I can do it is that uh, in my day job, I work remotely. I have my own little. Uh, I have own some rural land outside the city, and. Um, First off, I'm an extremely disciplined person. I wake up, I do CrossFit every morning, you know, or every afternoon, at least once a day. I do like at a CrossFit gym. Uh, and that like, that is like my baseline. I have to do that. And I have to, I have to take, I take my fitness very seriously in my own training. Um, you know, and, and, and I'm used to working a hundred hours a week. Everyone in my family is an entrepreneur. My uncle started garbage companies and scaled them. Um, my, you know, so did my dad. And, and we were all people who came up and started with nothing and built our own businesses. And everyone in my family, 100 hours a week is a slow week for us. And so from the time I was 12, I would go out to my uncle's garbage company in Atlanta. They throw me on the back of a truck at three in the morning and work me till, you know, 6 p.m. And I was mm-hmm. running routes, you know, working on trucks, working in the back office. So I, I don't know how to do anything but work and I cannot sit still. And so that's probably my most toxic trait is that I am a workaholic. 
I do too much and I do stretch myself thin, but I've tried to have my hobbies feed one another. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like for example, I never meant to go out and compete in all these different combat sports. I just started doing MMA and training everything at this around the same time, you know, and, and I picked up competency uh, pretty well and got to the point where I'm like, Hey, I can, I can do it all together in MMA or I can split it back and do it individually. Um, regarding the wrestling though, my dad was a two-time state wrestling champ and catch wrestler. And I st he started showing me stuff when I was a kid. And so I grew up in a wrestling family and then he was trained for uh, pro wrestling by Ray Gunkel, who uh, was uh, on live Atlanta wrestling and one of the, uh, you know, old school catch guys back before it became WWE style when we had like real catch wrestling matches. Um, and so he trained my dad and my dad was a, a very good wrestler and he he was going to turn pro and do pro wrestling. Unfortunately, his trainer, uh, Ray, uh, basically raised him. Uh, he died in the ring of a heart attack in the middle of a wrestling match. My dad. Oh, wow. My dad was there. And so after that, my dad walked away from the sport. And so my uh, you know, but it's, it's in me, you know, uh, just like it was in him. And, and so I can't not do it. Uh, and he, he tried to keep me away from it. Most of my life, you know, he taught me to wrestle growing up. Uh, and so mm -hmm. that helped me jumpstart my, my grappling. Um, but, but you know, the wrestling I learned, it's kind of fun. It was, it's catch now that, you know, like Josh Barnett and all that. Um, and I, I didn't know that's what it was at the time until the first time I went and did like folk style or MMA or, and was like, Oh yeah, you know, Hey, that's a hammer lock. My dad taught me that, you know? But uh, I used to get in trouble because I thought when I did high school wrestling, yeah, we can do all these face locks and stuff. And the coaches looked at me like, you got to you know, sir. No. <laughs> he said no. <laughs> no. No. So, um, yeah, no. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I was never a great athlete. I actually got more athletic as I got older. And so now uh -huh. I feel like I'm starting to, you know, actually come into my prime. I actually only turned pro as a fighter last year. Um, oh, wow. And okay. so I just started fighting professionally. Uh, and I, and I, and I, that's been very, that's been very much focused on boxing. Uh, and I'm going to say that selfishly because I'm entirely about the money. <laughs> Look, I'm just going to keep it real. Um, I want to get paid and, and, uh, you know, I have the opportunity and everything lined up for me to get on some boxing cards and, and do that. And, and, uh, I got the headline, a card mm -hmm. and be main event screaming all that. And, uh, it was a wonderful experience and, you know, I'm, I'm really open to doing anything, but, but that's what it is. You know, I'm 33. Um, I, I, I don't love getting hit in the face and beat up and, um, I've torn I've had every injury from jujitsu, you know, I've torn my rotator cuff twice. I've blown out my knee had hernias, you know, same shit we all go through. Um, <laughs> but, but in terms of like, you know, I've had a lot, a lot of the most, the question I get the most is why have you trained so long and not competed that much? It's uh, you know, one, uh, I actually picked my athleticism went like this as I got older. And so I'm just now really hitting my prime with, yeah. you know, being big and strong and, and doing what I need to do. And then secondly, uh, all my fighter friends, I watch their careers, you know, and I'm like, and I'm making the kind of, a lot of them, you know, aren't making the kind of money where it would be worth it for me to jump in until now when I got an opportunity that paid and it just happened to be on the boxing side. And so mm -hmm. I've been kind of running with that, but um, I do jujitsu every day. And it's 100% part of my routine, part of our training at Live, Train, Fight. And, um, you know, I find a way to balance it all because I sleep a little bit faster than most people. <laughs> <laughs> to make a very roundabout story short, I am a rambler. You have to keep me on track. But no, it, Yeah, but that's that's it, man. I, I really don't sleep as much as I should. I sleep four or five hours a night. 
Um, if and that, then, yeah. If that, I'm on. I'm on day. For most people, they're having a nice day. For me, it's about day two and a half. You know, uh, so. I'll get yeah, some man. sleep tonight and, and that'll be that. Uh, I am a first responder as well. Uh, I'm a firefighter. Um, so and I've, I'm a rural firefighter. So that's that's even more fun. You know, we fight wildfires. And so uh, that, that's where I've been all day is working on our equipment and um, working on getting we're working on getting more funding. I live in a very poor rural community out here and that's not a negative thing. They're wonderful people. And we've just not had opportunities to get state funding and assistance like other areas do. And so that's one of the reasons I like to come on these podcasts and talk about where I live and how special people are out here and, you know, what we're trying to do. Uh, because I think combat sports is a, is something that brings people together. Uh, yeah. It's good for kids. It keeps them off drugs. It keeps them off the street. And, and it I just see the way like food. The only other thing I describe it to is like food, Lamar. That's what, man, people love to watch a good fight, whether it's jujitsu, wrestling, boxing, it doesn't really matter. They love, people love fighting like they love to eat, you know? So, and everyone like food, everyone's got an opinion. Right, exactly. <laughs> and it exactly. ain't always good and it ain't always delicious, but everyone's got one. <laughs> Dude, it's, it, for me, it's like, especially when we go, you know, when we go watch fights, Mm-hmm. And there'll be like, you know, people at other tables around us. And, you know, we, yeah. everyone, everyone I, I hang out with, you know, we all train jujitsu. Yes. So we'll yeah. be watching the fight and then the people behind us be like, oh man, you know, they're this whole grappling and cuddling and everything else. <laughs> but everybody at our table, we're losing our, we know we're losing our minds because yeah. we're like, no, get through this and do that. And da, 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 da. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it was funny. Yeah. One uh, one guy, he he was standing next to me. He's like, "Man, you you guys actually sound like you you y'all know what y'all talk about." I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, cause we do." Yeah. He's like, he's like, "Oh yeah, how so?" I was like, "Okay." I, at this time, I was still a purple belt. I was like, "I'm oh. a purple belt. That guy's yeah. a brown belt. That guy's a brown yeah. belt. Those two down there are blue belts. This guy is this this and that." Like we all train. He was like, "Yeah." Oh, <laughs> he's like, oh shit. Okay. I was like, "Yeah." So. Oh, you know, my we, God. we love it, man. We love it. I love, love it. it. I mean, there's nothing like going to Buffalo Wild Wings and they're like, just stand up, just stand up. And I was like, well, if it is, if it was that easy, they would, I promise. I mean, maybe some have, I, you know, maybe some of the heavyweights, but for most of us, yeah, that ain't going to happen, man. That ain't going right. to happen. There's nothing more. Power. Grappling is like, is like being able to use the forks and, and it, it translates the concepts on the ground in, that we learn in jujitsu translate to, to other phases of fighting too like boxing and wrestling the distance management the timing setting up techniques the games you play you know and that's you know that was that's always been the most interesting thing for me is how much you know it all flows together in a really uh really special way and and you you know that that feeling of being a complete idiot in one in one phase of fighting like you know everyone remembers their first day of jujitsu you know getting smashed you know, you're you're sweating, you're getting you're beat getting, to shit. You're getting beat to shit. Like you're just there ain't it isn't it is the ego killer, you know. You it doesn't matter how big and bad you are, the second you come in uh and have some 145-pound guy pinning you down, and there's nothing you can do about it. Nothing you that can either, do about it. There's nothing you can do about it, and that you either are about it or you're not. Right then right. and there, you're 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 either gonna you're either gonna stick with it or you're not. And uh I I give that list. I humble people with that a little bit sometimes. Uh, my my rank, yeah. I I don't know, man. It's a weird thing with jujitsu and the belts because I do expert no gi. 
and then I can only compete in blue belt in the geek because no one's ever thrown a purple belt at me. But, you know, I roll with black belts all day and I train for MMA and for pro MMA with black belts all the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's some guys there, there are blue belts who can murder me. And then there are black belts who, you know, I'll give them, res- you know, it, it, respect it is what it is. You know, they're, they're a little bit older or something and not always, or they, a lot of folks will, they'll have like 10 times more jujitsu knowledge, but I'm also in, I'm a fit 230. Right. <laughs> who wrestles so yeah. that's another thing and i got and i got heel hooks <laughs> right <laughs> it's a problem it's um, a problem especially, <laughs> especially nogi players heel hooks yeah. are like you know that that thing so my man and in cats wrestling we have different leg lock systems too you know we have mm. crab rides we have toe holds um we set up knee bars and stuff differently we do a lot of like heel, we will like you know crush people from with uh, like more like from standing, you know, we'll finish them standing and stuff like that. Or, you know, you'll leg lace somebody and crank their leg. They don't care about reaping. Um, so I've, we do a lot of that in pro wrestling um, too. And pro wrestling is a real martial art. You know, if you go to wrestling school, you actually learn the moves. We just learn to hit them just like how you flow roll. That's, you know, I'm going to break the rules of pro wrestling a little bit. It's flow rolling. That's yeah. what you're doing in pro wrestling. And anyone who's a real who's a grappler and watches it can see what it is and appreciate and appreciate the athleticism that goes into that performance. But whether you're a stunt worker or a pro wrestler or anyone who's in that space, you know, um, you have to really know your stuff in order to dial it back enough not to not to hurt that other guy or um, you know or or make it work the way it's supposed to look in front of the crowd that's a whole nother piece of psychology that if you don't understand grappling you can't create grappling you know what i mean um so i you know uh i think there's a lot there and and it's fun bringing that stuff into jujitsu that's a lot of my game too i love putting people in the boston crab you know uh you know and there there ain't nothing there ain't nothing worse than getting tapped with the sharpshooter i promise um <laughs> I don't oh, do it God. in the gi. I don't do it in the gi. But you know, uh, it it is fu- it's some funny stuff. But a lot of more. What's cool? I wanted to mention about pro wrestling is we're bringing a lot more jujitsu into that too. So mm. you're seeing a lot more arm bars, triangles, kimuras. And even if you listen to the WWE announcers, they're calling it a lot more with a lot more. Um, let's say education in combat sports because the average viewer knows. 10 times more about fighting and martial arts and jujitsu now than they did 10 years ago or 20 years ago. And to me, that's amazing to see because, you know, I don't, I don't have a high rank or anything, but I've been around it. My first jujitsu lesson was in like 2005, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. with like Carlos Machado. I'm from Dallas. I grew up there. And so I grew up around uh, uh, Chuck Norris and Carlos Machado and Saxon Jangira. I know all my homies from Dallas know me. Uh, I've been around. I started karate when I was five, you know, and I, so I did when I was growing up, I could, my dad was no way in the hell he was going to have me pay, pay for jujitsu. Cause he's like, this is just wrestling. I'll teach you to wrestle. Screw that. You know? So they uh, threw me in karate and uh, I'm kind of glad I did it. I went to a good karate school and I actually mm-hmm. learned some decent striking and timing, but it was still like, I'll never forget the first time I tried to use my karate at school and got my ass beat by the kid who knew how to box because <laughs> he wouldn't, he wasn't all about that sidekick. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going to do my sidekick. Ow, he hit me in the face, you know? And, right. And, and and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. We don't punch to the face in karate. Uh, hold on now. And then, <laughs> and then you learn. And then you learn. Um, but, you know, it, it's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. And I've been able to train with some really cool guys 
kind of behind the scenes in the sport who I respect and love and uh, made all my best friends doing this. And so I've never been a big time competitor. Uh, I'm, I'm more of a, I'm a martial artist and I'm so, if I can't do something perfectly, I don't want to compete it. So now I feel like I'm at the point where I'm ready to really start competing more. Um, it's just getting my body and everything. And, uh, getting my gym set up because there's like i said i'm out where i'm at there's it, it's literally like there's i'm at, there's tulsa which is probably about a 40 minute drive for me i'm in osage county which is the largest county in oklahoma i live on a beautiful lake um i am surrounded by forest and trees and cows and all of that and then we have a rural gym uh nearby and uh you know so i'm just kind of holding it down and uh, we got a boxing coach there who who, who built the gym um, and then, you know, some local wrestlers and MMA fighters who who know about the place and kind of show up there. And we kind of just like basically we just have these open mats and they're amazing. You know, we have dudes from all over who would like come and fight club it out, you know, here and there. Um, so I that's how I kind of trained for my my pro debut was with some of these dudes who are absolutely uh, incredibly talented and uh, have, have been in around it for a while. So, you know, it's just uh, it, it's a it's a blessing to to kind of just bring this to out here to the country and uh, now get some more actual jujitsu going. And, um, you know, I want to, I like hawking my uniforms and my gear. So that's fun. Um, yeah, that, got, then, that gotta be fun, right? Yeah. 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 Actually, um, I started it. So here's the deal. I, I, um, I thought, well, if I'm going to be fighting now and I'm going to need sponsors, like, why would I go out and represent something I don't own? myself you know like i'm not gonna make any real money off that like oh right i don't care about selling making 50 bucks to put someone's logo on my short so i want to i want to go out there and promote something i have equity in you know mm -hmm. um so i've i've been doing graphic design and uh, media production for many years in my day jobs as a trainer and uh, learning scientist because uh, i produce all the training videos you know uh it's really boring but if you've seen like some of my greatest hits like how not to use a forklift you know, uh, how not to burn a pizza at Domino's, you know, you always wonder like who makes those terrible PowerPoint presentations that I have to sit through when I start a new job. Guess what? That's me. The crazy guy in the woods. Oh no. <laughs> video. My man. I, I, I am the, I am the, all that boring HR crap. That's me. You're it's the funny, culprit. I'm the culprit, you know, <laughs> like, like I am the reason for the season. You know, I have a lot of friends in the military who have seen my work. If you've ever been through uh, in the military, what's called a safety briefing. You know, I, I am the, I'm like the IRS. You don't, you know, like, like I have the, I, when people find out the things that I produce, like they're like, the money's great. It's actually really pretty well-paying industry. Um, and, but like everyone hates you. You know, they're like, they're like, oh, it's your fault. You know, like, um, I'll give you an example of one of my like, so at, like at um for like Domino's Pizza, like, uh, we set up a system where, like, the oven, if you burn the pizza, like, I it passively, a passive aggressively trains you how to cook a pizza properly, right? So like mm -hmm. the problem. So basically, I go in as like a consultant to a company. I say, what's your problem? You know, and and it's basically we have a person who's doing X and we want them to do Y. And I, I, and my job is to change that behavior, whether they're cooking pizzas or whether they're in the infantry trying to learn how to shoot. My job is to break down and do a task analysis of the behavior, the, the stimulus, the response, and just like use operant conditioning, use reinforcers, whatever to, to change that behavior and then design back and then work backwards to design a program to reproduce it in other people. Um, so 
again, it's really fun being in my field and then now taking that and applying it to like jujitsu, you know, but before I ramble about that, um, Domino's basically every time they burn a pizza, it, it tracks it, it sends it to a database where we have their cell phone and we have a unique identifier for them. Uh, and then we send a video to their phone and it says, Hey bitch, you burn this damn pizza one more time. We're selling it to your manager. First, we send a video. Then we send an email. Third time, it goes to your manager. And it's automatically tracked. And we know what pizza you burned in what <laughs> oven. Like, like we're doing that kind of... That's how we're using AI and training to, like, you know, don't sue me, Domino's. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know if they still use it. But but I've, I've worked for a few... Done it for a few fast food places. Um, and, and, you know, that's just one example. And, 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 and right... <laughs> That's hilarious. It, it's horrible, isn't it? It's great though. But keep yeah, again, you don't want you don't you you know. So if you uh if you get a nice undercooked pizza from Domino's that's still like half cold, like that's probably my you know one of my my fault. Um. So again, I live out in the woods because I don't want people coming after me with pitchforks, <laughs> you know. Um. But but you know my dream my dream Lamar is that I get to do the training for the IRS because then that's when I'm gonna hit back at the the evil empire you know like i'm oh really gonna God. it's like it's like it's like it's like you know it's it's like it's like meth gator versus cocaine bear you know it's like tr death by trade death by powerpoint versus death by taxes you know and so it's like let me add them you know let me let, i'll make them sit through 300 slides i will you know and i'm gonna lots of text on every slide and you got to read it all and none of it's voiced over okay? <laughs> none of it no, no, actually, no. I changed my mind. All of it's voiced over. You can't skip nothing. Can't skip. No continue oh, button. Oh my goodness! You gotta listen to it. And he's gonna talk slow. He's gonna talk, <laughs> he's gonna talk so. He's gonna talk so slow, so mono. Just, yeah, it's completely monotone. You know, we we really, I really, I really, it's like art. You know, like I've got to make sure there's only one to two pictures per course, all text, monotone voice. You know, and not nothing to skip, and there's gonna be a long test, real so long. Evil. I know, so evil. I know. So that's that's kind of what I do. But uh, I was actually uh, I, at one point um, I, when I graduated um, with my bachelor's. Bachelor's was in um, secondary education, and I was a middle school teacher. Believe it or not, they allowed me to work with children, um, and I was a uh, I taught ESL um, English, uh, and then I you know, but I'm certified for every subject uh, in the state of Texas as a K twelve teacher, and uh, you know. Nice. Uh, you know, so that's I've always been a teacher and that's it. we work crazy hours. We do anything for our kids and that kind of, you know, translated into martial arts because it's what I've always loved since I was a kid. I was, you know, I was a bullied, nerdy kid who was picked on. And I, uh, I, I like every other martial artist. I was five and walked into a karate school and said, teach me how to be like Bruce Lee. Um, right. And, you know, that 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 is where the journey started. And no matter where I've lived, whether it's in the city or rural and I've Basically, you know, I've just I've moved almost every year of my life um, since I was 17. So I've never been able to put down roots at like one jujitsu school long enough to really go through the whole journey. So I kind of feel like I start over. And just as I'm kind of getting into a groove with a new place, I got to move again for more. Move again, yeah. You know, and it's like, OK, I'm the new guy again. And then finally now I'm just like, eh, I'm starting my own thing. It's a lot of times there has been jujitsu. So where where I haven't had jujitsu, I found an MMA fighter. You know, um, I found a co if there's boxing, I'll do boxing, done taekwondo, judo, whatever is within my vicinity, I'll train it because I've never done a martial art. Um, I didn't get something out of and 
I don't have a uh, black belt in jujitsu, but over the years, you know, I've done a lot of boxing. Um, I've got, you know, I've got this big, I've got this big shiny belt from winning the uh, Chronic Grudge Heavyweight Championship, and that's a tough man promotion in Oklahoma. And then uh, I do have a black belt in karate and a black belt in Aikido Jiu-Jitsu, which, you know, um, you know, Japanese Jiu-Jitsu is a different thing. <laughs> that was before BJJ. And, right, you know, before real, BJJ, right. You know, it was, it's more like, it's more like, ooh. Uh, and, and, you know, I'll just say this. I can roll, I can... Actually, you know what I got to say, I would not be doing what I'm doing without Aikido because that is how I learn how to job. And if you're a pro wrestler or a stuntman, you know what that is. That's when someone throws a punch. Nobody you can over, flop better than oversell me. oversell it. Oh, I can sell that shit like a sham wow. You know, um, I, there's I'm Billy May selling that sham. I will sell you so hard. You can be you can have noodle arms. You can be the weakest looking worse. I will I will sell it like, you know you hit me like Mike Tyson. It's awesome. You know? So like Jake Paul, if you're listening and you need to fix another fight, I'm your boy. I will flop <laughs> in the fourth round, $500,000, man. You can, you can pay me off like every other bum you boxed and I will, I will do it. You know, um, I will sell it. I'll, <laughs> it. I'll backflip, you know, right. um, uh, you know, so that's, you know, I, I think the money's what ruins it for me. That's kind of why with, um, my business model is I will train anybody. I don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't own the gym that I train at. So I, I make it a, we're a club. And then if you want to, if you want to kick money my way, buy my stuff, buy my merch, you know, and that's it. And that allows me to build a nationwide network of people. And then now I sponsor fighters all over the country. And so that's just getting started. So my first guy is a uh, Braxton Smith. He's a PFC heavyweight champion. He's defending his title tonight. He is, you know, he is a very uh, large and powerful man, and you know he kind of lives the life. And so I, he was the first guy who really caught my eye. We're both huge horror fans, and he has—I got to plug him. He's got a podcast too called the Coming Soon Podcast, It's about horror. Um, and just a brilliant, brilliant man. And so I'm real proud to to be you know a part of his journey. Um, and, and and you know can't wait to see what he does tonight. All all two hundred. I think he's like he walks around at two eighty. Uh, with abs, oh, wow. with abs, yeah, he's a genetic freak. He's a um, boy, he's a thick boy. My God, he's the guys like him are the reason that I'm not gonna do heavyweight anymore. You know, I'm waddling myself down to two hundred five. Man, because, um, oh, dude, that's been that's been the bane of my existence. Like when I every time uh -huh. I I end up like competing, the last two times I competed, uh -huh. I've always been the smallest guy mm -hmm. in the division. Is like. Uh, Oh, oh, I know. Cause I compete. I've done ultra. I do absolute and ultra heavy. I've been, I was a big, so like a lot of my friends from Dallas remember me, I was a big, big, big fat guy. And mm -hmm. then I slimmed down and all this muscle is what was underneath. Mm -hmm. And, but I, you know, and, but I was 250 pounds since the sixth grade, but like you, I'm not a real tall guy. Uh, I'm like five, I'm like five eleven on a good day. Yeah. You know? on a good and, day. And then uh, when they book me, you know, if they book me for wrestling, it goes up about a few inches uh you know the ring's far away they can't tell um <laughs> it depends you know if i'm on a date i'm six one if it's a fight i'm six two you know if it's a movie six three you know. <laughs> what's, a, what's the intro to right yeah 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 exactly who's who's, who's counting who's you know? counting right um, 
Same thing with weight. No, but but I feel like so you're so you're the short ultra heavy. So that's got to mean you're really good because you survived that gum. There's nothing worse than being the smallest guy in the big man division. Man, that was terrible. That was mm. so terrible. I know, so like yeah. I was like, never again, never again. So never where again. did you start and where are you now? Like what weight? Did you start ultra heavy and then you go down to heavy or what? Yeah. So when I competed in ultra heavy, I was 240, 247. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So when I checked last time, uh, like now I'm I got I'm back down to like 222. Okay. Oh, you're smaller than me now. Good job. Yeah. So I'm trying to get down to that 200, maybe 180, yep. but yeah. yeah. Oh, you can do it. I'm I'm doing. It. I have at one point in my life, it was a mystical time. There was like when, like the year back when I got my blue belt in the gi, I made it all the way down to like 170, and oh, I was wow. just cut. And I was, I didn't have all this. I, I but here's the the reason. Um, I actually blew up. And like gain like almost a hundred pounds over the next three years after that because a lot I got I did it in a very unhealthy way. I was starving myself, I was cutting weight like a wrestler, I was mm -hmm. trying to do like you know what I did and um when I was younger and just eating like 300 calories a day, and like I got the I got down, but it destroyed my metabolism. So uh I tore my rotator cuff, and after that, my weight exploded because I couldn't train, and uh, I still have I still have problems with the shoulder to this day. I, and uh, I was, and I think that it's really impacted what I've been able to do competitively. Uh, Cause I, you know, funny story. I was teaching, I was doing omoplatas with a brand new white belt, which is the most dangerous thing in all of combat sports. You already know. So dangerous. I don't need, I don't even have to, I don't even have to tell the rest of the story. You guys no, already you know. Did. You said omoplata and white belt. I'm like, oh no. You already know. Little sucker <laughs> decided to, decided to roll. And it did not tell me he was going to roll. And I was, you know, not, I was like, what? And he just went for it and he had it all the way in, you know, I had no chance. So he just mm. gripped it and ripped it. And, uh, you know, they, they've done a lot for my shoulder. They've, uh, I went in and had surgery and they, they tightened it up and, um, it came loose again. As soon as I, I guess I went back to rolling, it came loose again. And now like for the last 10 years, you can see the difference in size between my, my shoulders, I feel like Quasimodo or something like that. Um, so I, I lift a lot. Yeah, but it's really screwed me up. Um, so I, but that's why I've actually spent many years now lifting and trying to build up mass in my deltoids and my traps just to put some meat here to, to protect the shoulder um, and, and so that I can roll. And so now I feel mm -hmm. like I'm in a pretty good place with it. But I, it is, I won't lie, I'm in pain every day. And that's of why course. I'm trying. I'm trying to get a reward from all this because I'm like, man, I'm, my back hurts, my shoulder hurts, my knees hurt. I'm gonna at least try to make do what I can, you know. Um, make some type of some type of gain from yeah, this, right? Yeah, and even if it's not not even not, not just money, but just having any kind of impact, you know, yeah. um, outside of the mainstream way that people contribute um, to the sport, because I think there's just better people than me doing that. And you know, I'm never gonna be Gordon Ryan, but I can teach. You know, I can teach some people out here in the country or. You know, show people how to box or my shoot box style, which is which is a pretty all right uh, for for just like straight up fighting. Um, and you know, I I love it. And as long as people are interested, and I'm always gonna do it. And selfishly, right now, I'm just trying to train up people to be my sparring partners because um, I want my my biggest compliment is if I can train someone to kick my butt. You know, um, right? You doing something right, right? Yeah, exactly. And so I have a guy right now 
who's kind of the first person I put a lot of uh, a lot of work into. He's a stunt worker too. He's a rapper. He's really talented. Um, he's he worked on all these shows and he's in them a lot more than me. Um, mm-hmm. And so he's getting into uh, mixed martial arts now. And so we're training together every day, like two or three hours, and just rolling and sparring and doing. Um, I've trained him in a different way though because I didn't, I'm not separating the grappling or the striking. He's learning to, you know, he's learning when the guy shoots to sprawl and brawl. When he's learning to throw his hands and then shoot, go straight into the wrestling and the clinching and taking down and, and ground and pound. And so, so I've integrated all of it and I teach it all together. Um, and you know, a lot of schools don't do that. Like I know when I started, I had to go to a jujitsu place and then a Muay Thai place and then try to like put it together for MMA. But he's straight up learning MMA as its own system. And he's just learning striking, wrestling, grappling. Um, and, and I'm teaching him, okay, here's, I approach it like we're in the standing phase at, at long range, medium range, short range in the mm-hmm. pocket, you know, right. and then same thing. Okay. Once we've closed that gap and we're in grappling range now, now here's kind of our dirty boxing range, our takedown range. And then, um, you know, I teach the throws, the, the takedowns and then, uh, okay, now we're on the ground. How do we approach the ground game when strikes involved? And I think right. that's, that's a very thing. That's a thing, you know, um, that I think should really be addressed more. And like, I see a lot of schools taking jujitsu and did very different directions. which are all beautiful, but it's like, it's almost like a different martial art now when you have like G sport, IBJJF style jujitsu versus no gi on the ground, MMA oriented, like, Hey, this guy's throwing bombs at me, you know, and I've got to be able to deal with that. And I think, you know, some schools have dressed that more than others, but, but I, it was, it's definitely been an awakening for all of us. <laughs> I know when I go training the gi, like, which I try to do uh, every now and then. And I did put some gi, I have put some gi time in and I, I don't, I can hang with, I can hang, you know, I'm not going to submit black belts in the gi, but I can, I'm not going to lose either. Um, <laughs> you know, like I can, I know, like I've done some judo. I have some throws. I have some gi. I know my gi chokes, like, but, but definitely not like, I don't know, like a lot of these crazy, you know, I'm not a worm guard player. Uh, mm. I'm not going to bear on Bolo, you know, I'm going to try to get to my feet. Uh, but, but I think it's really interesting the different ways we approach the same problems, you know, yeah. across these different disciplines. Like I know like guard players, like the position when, when they're in guard, that's their home. They're happy. They want to, they want to be there. Whereas for me as a striker, I'm practicing my jujitsu every day so that I can counter it and not get taken down. And if I'm taken down, how do I not get submitted and get back to my feet so I can run my fade? Right. You, you know, and so so I, I have to put just as much work into it, though, so I can de- so I can defend it. <laughs> and I exactly. think that, yeah, and I think that speaks volumes to how freaking effective jujitsu is, you know? Because mm-hmm. uh, you see the posts now. People are like, oh, I don't see jujitsu in MMA anymore. It's not that effective. I'm like, listen, Every fighter, every UFC fighter, or not UFC, any mixed martial artist who makes it to the pro level has to be good enough to defend against a black belt, try to take their head off, take yeah. their arm off, rip their leg out. And if not, they will be exposed very quickly. And so most of them are really, really good at jujitsu just so they can even compete in the sport. Um, and it's- and <laughs> that's a conversation I've, I've, I've had so many times where people – that want to throw that oh jujitsu is not effective in the street and you know whatnot and I, we always get to these conversations like mm-hmm. it just because I'm doing jujitsu right does that make me more dangerous or less dangerous because if I can stand with you 
Yeah, I'll mm-hmm. stand and bang with you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, usually not all street fights are going to go to the are going to be standing. Yep. It's going to go to the ground at some uh-huh. point. Oh, so yeah. if I get to the ground, do you think that's going to make me less dangerous or more dangerous? I, I can tie you up and still use my hands to beat the crap out of you. Yeah. I don't yeah. need my hands to hold you down. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm way more scared. I am way more afraid if someone can hold me down and I can't yeah. do it. Even just, even if you know, even if, that's the thing. Like you don't have to have black belt. That what I think makes jujitsu so effective is you don't have to do it for 10 years to be effective. You don't have to know every move. If you have a good top game and you can hold someone down as side control for 30 seconds, that's long enough to, yeah. to, to do whatever you need to do. Like, and you, and like you said, yeah, it's like, I can still hit you, you know? Um, and, and I think, I think it definitely makes you more dangerous. I think it makes you less likely to get in a fight because you, you know, you have the confidence to do what you need to do. And you're like, this isn't, I don't need to prove myself. I think a lot of fist fights are pissing contests. Like you said, a lot of fights are going to go to the ground because, okay, okay, I'll make an example. In boxing, I was just doing the Golden Gloves, and, you know, um, our team, our coach, our head coach, her name is Cheyenne McKinney. She's an w- amazing coach. Um, very, very, very skilled boxer. And, and um, while, you know, she did a fantastic job. And one of the things we worked on was what to do when they freaking grapple you. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of grappling in boxing. You just have the referee pulling everyone apart. And mm-hmm. I, anyone who says grappling isn't important, I was like, okay, f- what would happen in a boxing match if that ref wasn't there pulling them apart every time they tied up? It would turn into a grappling match. And yeah. one of these dudes would fall over. They're going to trip. They're going to get fall. There's going to be a takedown. And you have to literally force them apart. And so my my whole the homework lesson I give is go watch a go watch like amateur boxing and pro boxing go watch them and count how many times they tie up and start start you know start swimming and start tying up and, and how many times that rep in, in just any given fight it happens mm-hmm. more than it doesn't because yeah. it's it's natural for us to grapple we're we are we're ninety nine percent chimpanzee that's what we do it's mm-hmm. natural for us to throw. It's natural for us to wrestle. That's just something we do as animals. And that's your instinct when you close yeah. that gap. You know, you, you want to grab you. You want to grab, you want to hold on. You want to try to yep. prevent from being punched. And yep. Yeah. Yep. And anyone who thinks that's not going to happen, this has never been in a fight or has, or is just, just completely like, I'm like, you're just ignorant, you know, He's just oblivious and, to the, you know, to what's real. Yeah. And guess what? When that does it again, reality, when that does happen and you fall over, or you trip, or you fall back, whatever. Or hey, even if you are striking, you take one on the chin and you fall on your back. Guess what? You better know if you know how to play guard. You know how to f- defend yourself and and make something, make a make a negative into a positive. Mm-hmm. That's going to give you a massive advantage, especially once when, when you know that other person doesn't know anything. Right. So it's like to me, it's like having an insurance policy. Um, yeah. I don't have I don't have to be the best grappler in the world, but I know what happened, what to do when I get there. Um, what how to how to survive and, and not only that just the that's just the, the the practicality of it but the lifestyle of actually training and and you it's something you can do all the time and it's like physical chess it's a fantastic sport in its own right like that the the health benefits and the mental benefits alone make it worth doing whether yeah. your flavor is ghee or no ghee it's a great way to compete safely um mm-hmm. as we age you know yeah. I, I love i love boxing but i'm not i don't want to keep I, you know, I think 
I don't see myself going very long in it um, at this age because I would like to be able to speak when I'm 50. At least, you know, I'm, I don't have very many brain cells right now. I don't want to I don't want to risk the ones I have left. Uh, I know, right. More than I have to. Uh, and, and like just I can say going through my camp, uh, going through, a, you know, I went through a six week camp for a pro fight and um, I had I had covid and pneumonia during the camp mm. and I had covid and pneumonia during the fight. I held my bet breath to get through the medicals. Um, and it was the most it was brutal. Uh, but, but just the amount of abuse, you know, you take, uh, physically by the time you get to the fight, you're so beat up, you know, yeah. you're like, dang, um, I got beat up more in camp than I did, uh, than I did by the opponent. And so in one way, if it was good, because as sick as I was, I was like, I was sparring with some really talented fight, big, mean heavyweights, you know, with good boxing. And, um, so, so I felt they were actually way tougher than the dude I actually fought. And, I don't mean that disrespectfully to him. He's great. He was three and two. He was a badass. But like one of these dudes is legit, just g- genetic monster who's uh, who is who's undefeated, and he was a division one wrestler as oh, well wow. as boxer. And he's just a sh- he's a you know he's like a shredded you know he's over two hundred pounds and shredded and a personal trainer full time and two. So like he's just a monster. So like again, uh, and, and then I've sparred with a Golden Gloves champion, you know, and uh, he just is just a badass, just a total badass. So. Uh, hats off to all my, all the, all the homies, they know who they are. Um, but you know, I don't, I don't want to go through that again soon. Like I had to recover and I think I could do it again at the end of this year, but you know, you know, like it's a cycle. And and right now, um, in the interim, I was like, well, I got to set up my own training again. And so I started this, I started making my t-shirts and I love design. And, uh, so I just, you know, lift train fight happened. And then I was like, all right, well, I'm going to start sponsoring a few guys. And then, um, People wanted to pe- people know me and want to train with me. And so I was like, all right, well, let's start practicing. And then it's all just kind of, you know, come together. And I do my thug jitsu and my um, you know, my dirty boxing and kickboxing and and we make it work, man. But I uh I've been really lucky. I've met some amazing people. Uh I went to Japan in high school and as an exchange student. So over nice. there, yeah, I got to do uh I got exposed to uh, you know, Kyokushin karate and pro wrestling and uh Kuro Rasu as we say in Japanese, and I learned language and uh, even got to go to a sumo stable, um, work out and meet some sumo wrestlers. Um, That's dope. Dude. That's I don't, dope. I don't know if you ever watched, seen how sumo train, sumos train. They ain't no joke. <laughs> oh, I, mean, oh no. I haven't seen anything like recently, but I remember like when they used to have like the documentaries on sumo wrestlers. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah I, They're yeah. a monster. Like, like, like you see the big ones and you just don't, you can't fathom. They have their they're flabby, but the amount of muscle underneath that, and and the fact yeah. that the endurance they have because of the to to move that much mass all the time. And sumo is an actual martial art that includes striking, throwing. It is a it is a real martial art. There's mm-hmm. a lot of you know they have the they um the mawashi the belt. You know you're throwing you're you're doing a lot of the same throws that you see in judo like judo Saranage, yeah ogoshi um that it's all legal and you know if any part of your body touches the doyo you're down and you're out and then if you're pushed out you lose but uh the smaller sumo wrestlers the younger rikishi they are um they're jacked like they're jacked. i love i love sumo wrestling i do too it's been, i love sumo wrestling dude so it's so for you maybe i don't maybe we're the same but once i started doing jujitsu made me appreciate like other grappling and like other styles oh yeah like, 
And now oh, I yeah. really enjoy watching other, like I love watching judo and sumo and all of that, man. Um, Mm. Oh yeah, I'm 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 definitely I'm definitely a huge fan, man. But yeah. So what made fun. you start jujitsu? How did you get into it? Um I guess you want to say it kind of I kind of stumbled upon it. Mm. Uh upon it. Um kind of make a long story short. Uh I guess uh, my brother now, uh, you know, who's a brother to me now, kind of introduced me to the sport. Uh he used to work, we used to work at the same mall, and he came in one day. And he was like holding, he was like nursing his arm, and I asked him about it. And he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, I trained jujitsu." And I was like, "Oh, all right." I've, you know, I heard the name before, never really trained or like really looked into it mm-hmm. until after me and him talked, and I just yeah. like really started to learn um, a little bit more about it. And then once I started training, man, that was it. I was hooked. <laughs> yeah, I've been hooked ever since, man. <clears throat> mm. So I love it. I love it. It's amazing. It's an amazing art. I love it so love much. The, love um, the art. Love the philosophy behind it. Um, yeah. The community. It's a, it's a lot, man. It's a lot that makes me just stick, like continuously, like continuously to fall in love with this martial art. So what's your style? Are you gi, no gi? Are you a guard player? You know, what's your what's your game, brother? Um. So my school, mm-hmm. we uh we we train mainly gi. Mm-hmm. Um. But I've been really falling in love with Nogi, so I every time every chance I get, I'll like yeah. we op- do open mats. I'll do Nogi. Um, after class, I'll row. I'll do mm-hmm. Nogi. Um, yeah. So we are like the it. heavy smash style uh, jujitsu. Yeah. So top a lot game. of a lot yeah. of top game pressure. Love um, that. So we like it. Just I guess you want to say more like well rounded because we kind of yeah. we, we practice everything. Yeah. Is it um. Are y'all straight jujitsu or do y'all do like other kind of classes too? We straight jujitsu. Okay, so you're good. You're very focused. I like yeah. that. And, I, that's good. And we also like my my instructor, he's he he loves the martial art behind, you know, behind jujitsu. And but we good. touch on everything. We touch on jujitsu uh jujitsu, obviously, mm-hmm. uh judo, yeah, you know, kamagrav, oh. everything, you oh, know, striking. That. So we're 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 around it. So even in our our uh promotion test, yeah, we we, d- we have to do self defense. So we have to practice, you know, against yeah. someone who's throwing strikes or two people mm-hmm. throwing strikes at you. So yeah, because that's his it. philosophy. Like if you can't do it in here, you can't do it in the street. I think that's fantastic, mm-hmm. and that's those are the kind of coaches that I've enjoyed training with the most. And uh, I have I've done I've trained in I've. I'm a no-gi guy, but most of the schools I've trained at have been gi schools, so I haven't really had a choice. And so I'm like, God dang it, fine, I'll wear the jammies, you know. Uh, but I, <laughs> I I spent over a year doing judo, um, just doing straight judo under some very good um, high-level judoka, and I love that sport too. It's just, I, you know, I, I'm I'm not – I'm just better at no-gi. I like no-gi. I'm a wrestler. And so, like, for – and I'm and I right now, like, my focus is MMA. And, like, I feel like – there's people like you out there and other folks who are so good in the gi and around me. There are a lot like in the greater Tulsa area, are a lot of great gi schools, but there's nowhere. Like if you're an MMA fighter that you can learn like the MMA specific stuff, like unless you go to one of those schools and some of them have fight teams, but I've always been like, man, I've loved, I, I was like, I, this is my one little niche that I can kind of do that, you know, is, is my thing. And mm-hmm. there's so many other better places to learn the gi. Like, why would I try to, try to do that um you know like but i can teach you a really i can teach you how to jab and do a blast double 
and pass right. that guard and get to your, you know, ground and pound and then hit a nice arm bar or choke. Like I, I'm, I'm good at, I'm better at, I'm the sum of me is better than my individual parts. My individual parts are very basic, but I'm, I'm an idiot. But what I'm good at is the, t- is putting it together and doing the basics, right. You know, I'm really good checkers player. Don't ask me to play chess, but you know, um, but I, I, I get, I do it. And I think it's great though, that you have that, you have a sensei who's a real martial artist. Cause that's where we all come from. And I yeah. feel like when it gets away from that, when people just play for like advantage points, you know, like that's, you're not really, that's, I don't think that's what jujitsu is about. That's not what the Gracie's intended with it. Um, yeah. You know, it's a self-defense system. And what made it amazing back in the nineties is that it, it, that it truly encompassed all the things you're talking about. You know, you go back and watch the Gracie DVDs and it's like, it's defending against strikes. It's defending against street scenarios like that was like part of blue belt you know mm-hmm. like and you had to do that and uh at least to a degree that you could competently take the fight to the ground against someone who was striking at you um and those are those are skills that i think some folks don't really prioritize but and you see that you see mm-hmm. that a lot especially mm-hmm. when you got combat jujitsu now where yes. you know, people are let's, tapping to strikes and the slap yeah just that open palm slap to the face mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. oh man, my god it's so brutal but i love it though it's yeah it's, it's pure it's a it's pure a, it's a it's more yeah pure than like you know just tournament style jujitsu so i'm very interested well <laughs> I, I that is something i'm interested in there's i there's not anyone i don't know anywhere I'm sure like people message me after this and tell me where I can do it. And hopefully they will. I, I am very interested in the combat jujitsu. Uh, it's something that I think I could actually do pretty well in. Um, I, I trained and in, was invited to try out for a wonderful new sport called Dana White slap fight league. Um, and they, I, they booked me for it. I was going to fly out there, but uh, I did, once I figured out what it really was, I was like, there ain't no way. Um, oh my god there ain't no way i'm getting slapped for two grand well well you know here's the way like here's how it went down they're good people god bless them but they called it when i was getting the paperwork and everything they called it power striking and you know i thought all right cool it's gonna be like you know and it says a new striking promotion by the zufa brothers you know and i was like cool zufa boxing's finally here or you know it's gonna be um bare knuckle like you know bkfc like that makes sense I didn't know it was thing stand on a line and have someone swat you in the face like 20. And I, and I saw the, I saw the contract and I was like, man, this is some really just to try out. It was like, we'll fly you out. We'll put you in a hotel. We'll cover your medical expenses. We'll give you some money. You know, I think it, I don't remember exactly how much it was, but it was not. And then it was not, an, it wasn't a bad amount for like just sparring a few rounds training. And I was like, I'm used to that in boxing. Like, you know, like, um you're usually making a few grand a few rounds to a fight like a few grand a fight um mm-hmm. per round like it's not a it's not a cheap sport uh so i thought okay you know i was kind of interested and then i actually agreed to it and like i was i was booking my dang flight to vegas they were like we're gonna but where they were about to book my ticket and they were making my jersey and everything and then um one of my friends was like, yo, you know what this is, right? And I'm like, no. And then he sent me the video of the uh, other one of the other slap fight things. Um, and it's funny, the guy who hosts that is Jason Jones is a pro wrestler also. And who, who we we're in very we're in the same circles. But um, man, I once I saw what it was and I was like, hold on, I got to stand there and let some 
some freak of nature, you know. <laughs> just haul off and smack yeah. your beard off your face. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm, I'm like, no, no, I, I don't get the hit back. <laughs> no, I was like, you know how hard I've worked to look this good, you know, like, like I, I huh? Yeah, no, I've got head movement for a reason because I don't want my face beat up. Like, right, you know, I'm like, yo, I'd actually, I actually had my nose rearranged a couple times, but um. You know, so so I was like, hell no. Once I saw what it was, and then I saw, I was like, all right, well, well, who's coming? And it's like, you know, I see the list of dudes they're bringing out there. And I was like, well, hold on. These guys got more consonants than vowels in their name. You know, like, like we've got some Igors, you know, we've got some Akmanobadovs. I'm like, ah, I ain't about that. No. I mean, because it started, it was a Russian sport. Yeah. Yeah, so, of course Russians would make that up. Like they're like, <laughs> like Sambo wasn't hard enough. I know, know? right? Like, like yeah, God, let's let's, you, let's, 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 let's let's take this a step further. Let's they're slap like each other they're like face. they got judo and they're like, you know what to be good. Yeah, let's say leg walk, you know, and punching, <laughs> punching too, right. you know, you know, like like you know. <laughs> It's like right, hold, so right. It's like, a, it's like a hold my beer moment. Like, yeah. like, oh, you want to do that? Hold my beer. <laughs> listen, listen. God bless the fighters who do it. I understand. You know, like it's an opportunity. It's cool. Like I have nothing but respect for them. It's just there ain't no way. I How do you, you train for that? Actually, I thought about it, and I did. That's I thought. How would I? If I thought about, it, I did mentally because I, as a training professional, of like, because I'm always training things I don't really know that well. Like every job I have is different. My job is to be a learning scientist. So like, so I go through this discovery process like a detective. So let's say again, you know, your dominoes, your your some for I come in and I do a ta- what's called a needs assessment, a task analysis, where I where I go, all right, what is the skill? How what are the components of the skill? How do I measure them? And so I'm defining like KPIs and like literally breaking that stuff down. And so I did that for this sport, and I looked at it and I go, okay, like first off, um, it's not it's there aren't the the variables that influence success and having a successful outcome and winning the match um are very hard to define like in mma it's clearly like okay someone with superior grappling has a higher percentage of winning or like for example if you can get more takedowns in a round that's a good kpi we can measure because if you're if you can get two or three takedowns you'll probably win a round you know, mm-hmm. like like they're in, in jujitsu, like we know certain like, the success rate of certain submissions. But with the slap fight thing, like it's completely like it, how do you train someone's chin? You know, and so there is technique, like there is a technique to generating power. And so it's like, you know, we f- I figured out like if you go, if you basically I call it farm to table, you know, if you bend your hips and you take that your hand all the way back. And you and you take it diagonally for like you're throwing a dang, you know, like you're throwing a discus uh-huh. and bring it all the way around. You know, you can get a lot more power than, of course, if you're standing right here. So, but it's terrifying because you can you're not really slapping them. You are you are it's hit, almost like a clubbing. You are clubbing them, you know, like an ADCC when you're clubbing like that's the technique. Like, so this is how I got my hand. Yeah. And then I'm trying to hit. I'm trying to hit right here against yeah. your jaw and I get to line that up perfectly, you know, and then I get to go swan a two and then I get to unleash all the power in my body as, as hard as I can and, and connect right there. And I'm, you know, I'm not, you're not small and I'm not small. And 
when I've had, when I get to land a perfect power shot, I'm like, boy, this ain't good. And, and so it's not that one lands like, because in boxing or MMA, you get a few clean shots. The ref's going to stop it. It's like, these guys are doing 20 rounds of this. Yeah. The, you're taking a career's worth of damage in one fight, man. Yeah. Like, like my gosh, I mean, like, like you, you can't block, you can't flinch. Right. You move, right. you get hit again. So it's like eh, every, nah. every time, every time, this is how I think about fighting. I don't know if this is just cause I'm old and cynical, but every time I see this, I'm like, I see like money signs going the other end. You know what I mean? And like they get like, the coins you know, knocked out of you. Yeah. I'm literally like Mario, I'm getting the coins and I'm like, all right, I, this is how I decide what I'm going to do. Whether it's a wrestling event. I'm like, I'm like, all right, how many, how many of these are, am I going to take for yeah. how much is going to come back in mm-hmm. to gas me back up? Right. And, and, and the math was not on my side with that. Like there was just no universe where I'm like, man, I, I don't, I, I might, I saw that I was like, this is not like, gonna go well and so i personally as a like a learning professional and a learning scientist did not see a path to victory where i could influence enough variables to give myself a reasonable chance at winning like that is just my professional opinion i i don't see it as a sport where you can win it is a lot of the variables come down to the other guy and him just Mm -hmm. being smaller than you or you getting lucky i think you know you are it is like russian roulette you are truly at the mercy of the gods with that one. And to me, I'm a, I, I am not a gambler. Like I am someone who I will train for 10 years before my debut. And then I literally debuted in a title fight and won a title. Like that was my pro debut. And, you know, I, I no one ever thought that would happen. Wow. Um, but I, I did it, you know, and because I'm a perfectionist and I'm like, I'm not going to be, if I'm going to, if I'm going to put my ass on the line, I ain't going to, you know, I ain't going to write a check. I can't cash. Um, right, you so gotta be worth it. Gotta you be got, worth it. You gotta be worth the risk, bro. But yeah, man, the slap fight thing. I don't. I don't think you know. Actually, I love bare knuckle. I think that's awesome. You know, like you get torn up a little bit, but um, you know, I think that's a legitimate thing. Um, and mm-hmm. that's why it's going really well. But again, you can only do all that stuff for so long. And I think the power of jujitsu is it's it's accessible to rec- people who are like recreational martial artists who just mm-hmm. want something they can do that's effective. That's not a waste of their time, but. I, you know, a lot of us have nine to fives where we don't want to get our, we don't want to go with black eyes and broken noses. And I mean, shoot, yeah. shoot, that still happens. You take a flying knee on belly, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, take a, take an elbow, you know, take an elbow from Americana. Yeah. The, so. the cross face, the, the old mm-hmm. crippler cross face. Uh, but, but all being said, there's, it, there, it is safer, especially in the gi where, you know, you're, you're using that for leverage more than the other guy. Um, you know, I think, I think it's a great thing, man. But uh, yeah, that was a wild, that was a wild adventure. So I was, I was, I call me yellow, call me a chicken. I was invited to the slap fight league and I said, no. Um, and then, you know, we'll see what's, we'll see what's next. I'm talking to a few promotions now and about uh, fighting this summer. And so, you know, I, I have some great options on the table and, you know, for, uh, for, for MMA and um, I'm going to do what I did with boxing. I'm not doing amateur. I'm just going to turn straight pro and fight some real guys and, you know, hopefully surprise some folks because my biggest weapon right now is there uh, is, is that people don't really know what I can do. It's a, right. You know, the people who've rolled with me in uh, jujitsu mm-hmm. around here recently, they, they know. Uh, but another thing I like to do uh, whenever I go visit a new gym, I put on like a white belt and I act like, I don't know shit. I just totally jaw. Cause I like, I don't care how you treat people who are good. I want to see how you treat somebody who doesn't know anything. 
you know, yeah. and are you going to give them a good experience? And then, then I'll, I'll dial it up. The other reason I do that. And I know it's like, I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't want to like piss people off and I don't want to, I don't want to deal with egos and um, you know, I don't know. Like I just, you know, I'll, I'll wear a blue belt if I'm in the gi, but like I, I completely, I'm just very humble about it, but I don't really, you know, I'm not like going to roll competitively, you know? Yeah. I, and uh, I have complete, especially in Nogi. I'm like, yeah, show me, show me how to do an Americana. Show me this chuck. I mean, I've done this a million times, but I want to see, can you teach it? How do you teach it to somebody new? You know, like, mm -hmm. because that will tell me if you're a good instructor or not, you know? Um, I've met black belts who couldn't teach at all. Like they were great grapplers, but they were like, yeah, I'm like, oh my God, you should not be running an academy. Like, like what you're doing is going to make people quit sport, you know, like, you know, back in the day, if you knew anything, please teach, you know, right, I mean, yeah, I feel like, you, yeah, but you'd be able to just open up a school and teach, but yeah, now I'm like, the bar is a little higher now. And, uh, you, you have to know like, Hey, you can't, you can't hit the kids with can't you can't hit them with bamboo sticks if they don't do it right you know and like right. you can't um you know you you can't just well okay this was my whole thing like when i started there wasn't like structured it wasn't like structured it was like okay here's a move cool now roll for the next 90 minutes you know and like that's it like like i think my very first class i was rolling with other white belts which is the most dangerous thing on earth but that was it you know um and so like i wasn't that I was terrible like everybody else, but you know, I had some, mar I had some other martial arts experience and I'd, I'd done some, uh, some grab, some wrestling. And so like, I, I held my own, but, um, but yeah, it was not, it was not pretty. And I think that's, I don't know one way on the one hand, I love the trial by fire because like six months of surviving as a white belt, mm -hmm. just getting smashed by blues and purples and brown, just destroy, just a soul beat out of you, you know? Like you're like, man, I survived. You're, you you get at least you get so good defensively that eventually you start getting to dominant positions. And then all of a sudden you start catching stuff and you're like, oh, hey, I can do this. But like it's a process. And so uh, now I've seen like all the whole spectrum of gems where some uh, that where like they barely roll at all uh, mm -hmm. or it's optional. It's now optional at the end of class. You can just, uh, you know, you can just you can just peace out and you don't have to roll at all. Or if you uh want to stay you can and then somewhere it's mandatory and it's again like here's a move cool not roll for 90 minutes and don't leave you have to do every round and no sitting out or you're a baby don't be a baby um and i don't know what i won't i don't know what's wide or what's wrong uh i would say as a learning scientist though you know uh gotta find what works for you you gotta find what works for you and uh there you know pick choose your own journey and, and, and really, I would say, do, are you going to be a competitor or are you going to do this recreationally? And I, I'm someone who is completely understanding on both fronts, you know, like, gotcha. you know, I'm cool with it. I'll do fine. Fine. There's a there's a there's a way to train jujitsu for everybody. You know, oh, yeah, you just got to you, you know, find your own vibe. Find it. Find for me, you. it's find your own for, vibe. for me, it's for me, it's I like to put everything together and, um, you know, just cut to the to the heart of it and, and do it, do it the MMA way. And my friends are MMA guys and um it's a it's a it's a beautiful thing for us uh because we're we're tired of oh god i gotta pay for at least for me the problem i'm trying to solve is i'm like man i'm tired of paying for gym memberships i'm not i'm someone who specifically like i i want to do mma and compete in that uh you know not even recreationally i got straight up like we got three months 
here. Here's what we're going to do. They just want to just get into the fire. I want to get in. I want to get into the fire, you know? And, and so, and so like the way I kind of bring people into that is I'm like, all right, well, let's, I'm almost like, it's like getting chunked into a gang, you know, like, Hey, all right, we're going to do some rounds and we're going to see, you know, and we're going to do some shoe box rounds where we're going to box. We're going to wrestle. And you see, can you take a hit? Can you take a takedown? Okay. And, and not to be mean about it, but it's a, let's see if this is the sport for you now mm-hmm. before you invest six months, a year of your life into thinking you're going to be a fighter. Cause um, you know, I've seen, I've seen some examples where, it, you know, they blow smoke up their ass because they're getting a month. The guy's ass because he's getting them paying that $120 a month. And it's like, all right, you know, like, like you're going to, they, they slow roll them. And then the guy trains for a year and finds out, oh, hey, I actually don't like this at all. Like, I don't want to be a fighter, but, you know, so, so I'm kind of like, find out what you're made of now uh, in the nicest way that I can, just like that first day of jujitsu, you know? And uh, I'll also say I've met guys who were black belts in jujitsu who came over to MMA and found out it was not the sport for them either, um, you know. And they were great grapplers, but they did not want none of that getting there, getting clobbered, you know. Right. Uh, from the it's a it's a different thing. I have a I have a I have a seventy seven inch reach, you know. And jeez, yeah, uh, I am a orangutan. I'm a my my in weightlifting. I've always been a deadlifter because my arms are longer than my legs, and um, you know, so I can hit you. I can hit. I can hit around your guard, right? And, you know, I can be on my knees and just. It doesn't matter. I don't even have to pat. You know, I. Uh, and so, and I think everybody. I think everyone should have that lesson once. I'm not saying like I'd say like as a as a training professional, like if you are for self defense purposes, hey, get your friend. You grab, have him put on boxing gloves, and you play guard and just deal with that a little bit. You know, like you don't have to go do a combat jujitsu match. But but deal with that and see yeah. like see like hey what does my you know does my dang uh, my dang flower sweep is it the greatest idea when the dude's dropping elbows on my head you know doesn't have a gi on um, and then even going further than MMA like hey guess what on the street we've got we've we've got headbutts we've got twelve six elbows you know you got biting um, I my one of my craziest stories bro is I was doing. Um, I, I was doing Aikido, man, and like the it was a, it was one of those Aikido guys who thought he was freaking Steven Seagal and said, you know, I had it, it, we were ironically like you know sharing the mats with the wrestling team, and he said, no one can take me down. Oh God, I can I can Aikido flip someone who does a double leg, and I'm like, bet, let's find out. <laughs> you know? And so I hit, so like he didn't know I wrestled. And, uh, you know, I hit him with a blast double and that sucker started trying to friggin' gouge me in the eyes. And immediately, uh, as soon as his Aikido, like it, it never had like the Aikido range. Like I, you know, I've heard other people say this, but like Aikido is, is the most idealized version of jujitsu. Like if we all had like super speed and sensitivity and could like John Wick everything, like that's what jujitsu would be like. Like as soon as the guy is moving like this, you're like redirecting and flipping him. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, sure. In theory, a human can move that way, but no human alive has ever been able to pull it off. Um, And so, like you know, in a and so this dude did. This dude was wearing the skirt, man. Like when I say it was like he was in the skirt, man, and like the skirt was flying, and and you know he was going down, and so he didn't know what to do, and so uh, so it was it was I it was eye gouge and fish hook city, and so he was trying Uh, to and here trying to you know, and um, but the interesting thing is. 
that didn't help. I still took his ass down. And and like, so that whole mythical argument that, oh, well, if this guy tries jiu-jitsu me, I'm going to bite him or I'm going to eye gouge him. I'm like, he did. And I he still tried. Did it. it didn't work. It didn't work. It just pissed, it pissed me off. So I was thinking the whole time I was like, when this hits the mat, I'm going to beat the hell out of this guy. I didn't because I'm a nice, I wouldn't do that. You know, like but he learned, he, he saw what it was and his students saw what it was. And that was my actual, that was my last day of Aikido with them. Uh, and then I, and then I literally, you know, waddled over and jo um, joined the J J Brazilian Jiu Jitsu club and uh, the mm -hmm. wrestling club and was like, I'm done with this. I'm going to go train with these guys now, but I'd always loved the, I always loved the fantasy of traditional martial arts. And I was kind of, I'm still from that era where, you know, it was still like early internet. Like we, a lot of us thought that stuff worked. Because there wasn't no, when the people weren't out there exposing it that much yet, other than like some of the stuff we saw at the Gracies, but people still believed in the in the gimmick, you know, um, and and I did too because you want to, you know, uh, you love the idea that I can learn some secret move that doesn't mean make me have to be in shape or go through all this dang rolling all the time. It would be so great, you know. Wouldn't it be great, Lamar? If we I mean, just... I was I was just about to say it'd be great if there was any way that we can just make jujitsu so easy that I don't have to put my body through hours and hours of right up just to you know. Yep. So, but you, I, if it was that easy, everyone would have a black belt. But that's right, everyone would have a black belt. Hell, you know, shit. Try damn getting a blue belt was still was still harder for me than anything I've ever done because I came from my uh, I got my blue belt from a guy named Kurt Gibson. It was Alliance black belt under Alan Muller, and uh, man. I went through it because we, he was an MMA fighter too. And so we all did jujitsu and MMA to get like both. Like it was jujitsu class and MMA and he was a tough son of a bitch and I respect the hell out of him. And he would not promote anybody past white belt. If you didn't also practice the, the MMA side, like you didn't have to fight, but you had to be competent and you had to be good and you had to spar too. Um, yeah. Because he's wanted well, kind of like your sensei. He wanted well-rounded guys. I was you about know. to say that that's that's a part of our curriculum. Like you, you know, you have to not only show up. We're not saying you mm -hmm. have to go out there and kill yourself in a role, mm -hmm. but you still have to roll. You know, you mm -hmm. have to show that you can apply these techniques uh -huh. that you're learning under pressure. You have yeah. to pressure test it, or it's not going to work. Not going to work. And uh, same thing with striking. You know, um, I've <clears> been working with more uh, boxing. Is kind of making a little resurgence. A lot more MMA guys are interested in coming back to boxing. And, and, and it's a, and just like your first day of jiu-jitsu, even if you've done like MMA striking, coming to a pure boxing with high-level boxers is just like your first day of jiu-jitsu because yeah. it's a different sport. It's a different range. We know we, and we know how to fight to the sport. There's point systems. There's style. You have to have a certain style. There's etiquette. So uh, a lot of guys think, oh, well, I did like Muay Thai, so I'm going to come in and be able to like just hang with these dudes. I'm like – like no these are black belts and punching and evading and avoiding getting punched you know like right. like you think you're gonna hit this guy and he's gonna be it's like he's never gonna be in front of you he's gonna be down here and he's gonna be hitting you from angles that you didn't know existed because you don't do it in mma because right. you, you don't have to worry about grappling you don't have to worry about kicking you don't have to worry about you know queensberry rules are a different thing so i can live in your armpit and hit you here all day you know and then i can swim right around and do the same thing if you watch like mike tyson and so, um, you know, but, but it, it, it always is a humbling experience. And I think what's great about jujitsu is it opens the door for you to embrace the suck and the suck you embrace in jujitsu. Once you embrace that suck, 
it's in, it's easier to embrace other sucks like boxing or doing your taxes or working a shitty job, you know? It's so you just get better at dealing with crap and in hard, you know, you become more anti-fragile and then that translates to all these other benefits in your life. So, so I feel like, you know, the suck is what makes jujitsu amazing. And I, I don't, I don't think everyone should have to like compete, but, but I would recommend like you should roll regularly to get, to build that, that anti-fragility and, and gotta, you got to get out there and get your hands dirty. Yeah. You, you, that's it, man. You got to get your hands dirty. So, so, so Lamar, okay. Favorite move, favorite. What's your, what's your bread and butter, man? What's your, oh, what's, your favorite what's my special? bread and butter? Oh, yeah, brother. Yeah, good old right now. Oh my god, right now it's been bread cutter mm. and uh, short choke. Short choke. Oh, oh, yeah. you got them nasty chokes. I yeah. got a good, I got love, I got a good paper cutter. I love that one. That's one of my favorite. Um, I love the sneaky, sneaky little, yeah, sneaky, yeah. sneaky. sneaky mm-hmm. They don't see it coming, they don't see it coming. My favorite. My favorite uh, submissions are throws. I like to throw them so hard. <laughs> my submission is if, a I don't, if I don't, if, if you can get up after I throw you, after I hit you with a hip toss, then I haven't done my job. I got, I got a real mean Osotogari. Like I, I Ooh. get that. I set that up and like I, th- I'm like an MLB pitcher. You know what I mean? Like when I go for that, when I go, when I, when I break, I break you down, and then I freaking get that leg to go. I'm like, I'm like head to the ceiling. I'm like a Vegas show girl, like. I'm gonna kick you so hard, and I'm gonna my toes are gonna be at the ceiling on the other side, and I'm and I just like I'm boom, <laughs> you know, uh huh, and I that's that's actually the highest percentage takedown I have, gear no gi. Like I can I get both legs, and um I have big big elephant legs. Like my quads are so big that you know it's 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 inappropriate um for for, for <laughs> it's inappropriate for audiences under seventeen, you know, and like. I just, I'm a leg, I do, I don't skip leg day. So I feel like that's a really good one for me. Um, but that's, that's the grab. I really, and then I love, um, but I absolutely love chokes. Uh, you know, I think that's the best way to go because it, they can't, they, it, it's going to work and they can't stop it and they're going to take a little nap. And it's the most humane way. I think that's the last point I'll make about jujitsu. Like, if I knock you out and the police come, you know, like you're going to have physical marks from it. I'm going to look like a thug, but like really the most, the humane way, if you have to like, maybe someone's crazy or they're drunk or something and they just need to go take a nap. They just need a nap. They just need a nap. That's it. They just need a nap. Just, just, you know, just a little, you know, that's it, you know, Uh, and no one has to know and you just lay them down nice and walk away. And so I think that's the beauty of it too, is like, um, I have, I have children with autism. That's one of the reasons I live out here in the country. And I, I have one son who's nonverbal and uh, he has to be, um, I don't know the most politically correct way to say this. There are times that I have to physically stop him from doing the things he wants to do because they're harmful to him. Like he'll do self-harm, like he'll, he'll poke his eyes or he'll start biting his fingers or, you know, he'll do things like that are self-destructive. And so I'll, I've, I have to restrain him. And so mm-hmm. grapple jujitsu for me allows me to do that without hurting him um but still controlling the situation and the body awareness it's it's helped me develop over the years has let me um you know know that okay here's as far as i can go and and i know how this is feeling for him right now because since you i've been through being armbarred and choked and putting all i know exactly how that pressure feels so i know how much is too much or how much yeah 
um, just so so I feel like it's not just something you can use for violence. It's something you can use like if you're a, if you're an orderly or you're an EMT or you're someone who work with um with in, in high in, in those sort of inpatient programs where you have people like that where mm -hmm. you're going to have to restrain them. Uh, I think everybody should learn it in those programs at least for the the controlling aspect of it because it allows you to do it safely just like uh just like for police officers and stuff it allows you to do it safely confidently and without causing undue harm and that is something that you know as much as i love boxing and striking i can't say that that's possible you know uh, if i hit you you're getting hit you know and i can't take that back it's like shooting a gun um yeah. and so i think that's the beauty of jujitsu is you it gives you control that nothing else does uh it gives you bodily awareness that nothing else does man and it's just a Man, it's just a real beautiful thing. I'm so glad that I found it and uh, I've had the opportunity to do it under so many great, so many different coaches over the years, um, you know, and and I respect everyone I've ever trained with uh, immensely. And so, you know, we'll see where my journey takes me next. Um, but right, you know, uh, right now I'm, I'm down. I'm down for anything. I love going to different gyms whenever I travel um, for work. I, do, I train at different gyms. So I've been to most of the different places and uh california and uh, texas and oklahoma and uh, i have trained in michigan i lived in michigan um in 2017 and 2018 and so i trained with a fighter near there named dan sandman um and i also trained uh you know um at the uh i learned at the point blank sports club in beautiful benton harbor michigan the, the jewel of the midwest um mm -hmm. it is a real postcard of a place but that's that's where tough fighters are made are places like Detroit and Benton Harbor. And I think there's something to the cold too, Lamar. I think people who have you know what I'm talking about. It's a different kind of cold. Damn seven feet of snow every day. I lived on Lake Michigan, like on the lake. I could see it from my house. So I had that lake effect blowing in from the upper peninsula. You know, well, yeah, we talked about that earlier, man. Yeah, the yeah, the yeah, weather's yeah. been so wild this last oh. couple weeks, man. But you dude know, it's michigan man so we, it we is. Fight and, I, and i can't blame you guys for trading in the gi up there because it's cold got to got it's, to man gotta stay it's, warm it's cold man <laughs> you ain't walking it's hot down here like it's it's hot you know like i'm like we're all wearing this is this is heavily dressed you know <laughs> this is an oklahoma tuxedo right here you know like actually no i'm lying oklahoma tuxedo you got to have your denim vest your boots and your jeans and then your your hat. That's a, that is that is that is business professional that is Oklahoma. Business that is that is as fancy as it gets. Anything so other last, than what I would say. One last thing because we got to wrap it up. Uh, yes, sir. Here. Yeah. Uh, so, um, who are your main three people like you would love to roll with? Oh my God. Um, I want to go down to the B team and I want to roll with Nikki Rod and I want to roll with Craig Jones and I want to roll with Gordon Ryan. Uh, I signed up when they were doing their invitations to uh, invite people down to the B team and they accepted me. Uh, and so I want to go down there and train with them and wrestle. And uh, I went, Gordon shared, I do a lot of like master Ken style joke videos, stuff like that. I'm a clown. And so Gordon uh, shared one of those on his story on Instagram. And so I got so much heat for that. Like a lot of people took it seriously. So I got like death threats and all kinds of horrible shit. So I'd like to thank nice. him. I'd like to thank him for that bullshit. Uh, but, but I absolutely love, uh, so, so them, you know, I feel like they're my kind of people. I know they're going to kick my butt, but I want, you know, I have the always experience. the experience. Listen, I have always just sought out the meanest, nastiest people and then paid them to kick my butt. 
That is my secret to success. Everyone I've rolled was kicked my butt from, from day one. Um, guys like Chris Brennan and um, uh, Andre Metzger and, uh, you know, my old coach, Kurt Gibson, kicked my butt all over the mat. Dan Sandman kicked my butt all over the map. He's one of the guys who really taught me kind of like my boxy wrestling style up, up when I was in Michigan. He fought in uh, King of the Cage, and he was retired by Neil Magny, um, who's very popular in the UFC now. But he was a tough man champion, and so he kind of got me ready. But getting my block knocked off by, you know, this dude who looks like Steve Austin every day, like I always do, like, you know, I don't know if I'm going to run into news anybody tougher than these guys, and I might not be able to beat them, but they sure beat a lot of people, and I know that's going to make me better off. And so that's that's my philosophy, man. Just find the toughest people you can and train with them. I don't care what their belt is, what their rank is. You know, real recognizes real. Just go and get after it. You know, right. and then my last person, um, I really want to train more. Uh, we've been on the same. We've been on some of the same pro wrestling circuits as uh, good old Dan Severn. Um, you know, we we've uh, wrestled for the same. You know, some of the same organizations, and so I want to. Uh, Definitely want to train with him, and I miss the opportunity. I've trained with some of his students when I when I lived with him in Michigan, and they're absolutely outstanding. And so he's on my list because he's both a he's both a shooter and a worker. So um, you know that's that's kind of my list. And uh, but I've already trained with some amazing folks like uh, Carlos Machado um, and uh, uh, some of the guys at Brazilian Top Team, like another Machado, Leonardo Machado. Um, you know, and, and so so I feel like I've been I've been blessed to train with lots of great black belts over the years. And I learned something from every one of them. So there you go. That is my story. That is my story, man. That's your story, man. It's been an awesome story, man. <laughs> awesome story, bro. But uh, yeah, man. Um, cool, brother. Cool, I'll brother. definitely um, keep in touch with you, brother. Because yeah. I would love to, you know, you know, follow you. Oh, yeah. And when I'm up in do, Michigan. Brother. When I'm up in Michigan, if you're up in I'll, Michigan, I'll, or if I make it to Oklahoma, man, we gotta, we gotta. Oh, uh, you gotta too. come to Tulsa. The food's good. It's cheap. It's fun. It's a fun place. And they'll pay you ten thousand dollars to move here. I got ten grand to move here through the Tulsa Remote Program. If you oh, work wow. remotely, you make more than sixty thousand dollars a year. They will give you ten thousand dollars to put towards a new house, cash upfront for your down payment, or you can just have it if you want to rent. They will give you an office downtown to work from a co-working space. It's beautiful. And you get all kinds of exclusive events, benefits, uh, uh, networking. If you want to start a business, they will give you business coaching, access to VCs and funding and lawyers, every freaking thing you need. If you have an idea and you want to invent something or be an entrepreneur or open a gym or do something, this is the place to do it. They will they will put the money behind you and they will help but they will help you. So I would I would highly recommend uh, anyone who's interested in doing something Great. Come out to Tulsa. There's a reason all the crazy people are out here, like the Tiger King and Reservation Dogs and all this stuff. It is a, it is a unique and magical place uh, full of very, very weird people like myself. And so, you know, you will you just you know, it's, it's a different energy for sure. It's not for everybody, but it's definitely for me. And I just I don't really feel like I fit in anywhere else. So I'm good with it. <laughs> I, got I got you, my brother. All right, man. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. But uh, yeah, that's the end of today's episode. I would like to thank my guest, Tommy, again for coming on and uh, sharing some of his tales and wisdom with us, man. I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, <laughs> please go and follow our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube page to stay up to date on all future episodes. This has been Talk Your Jits Podcast. Keep rolling, keep grinding, and remember, long live jujitsu. Have a great day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, man. Oh, that was great.